that's not the song that's in the bulletin. When I heard them practicing, I was thankful that this is the song they were singing today. This is what we're here for, Lord. We want to know you more. Our scripture today is from 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, beginning with verse 6. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we commend you, brothers and sisters, to keep away from every brother who is idle and does not live according to the teaching you received from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example. We were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's food without paying for it. On the contrary, we worked night and day, laboring and toiling, so that we would not be a burden to any of you. We did this not because we do not have the right to such help, but in order to make ourselves a model for you to follow. For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule. If a man will not work, he shall not eat. We hear that some among you are idle. They are not busy. They are busy bodies. Such people we command and urge in the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and earn the bread they eat. And as for you, brothers, never tire of doing what is right. I don't have the last. What's the last verse? That was it. Okay. All right. The word of the Lord. Thank you for inviting me today. I uh, I like the short notice uh, jobs. Then I don't feel pushed so much, and I can uh, just get it done. Be be finished with it and it comes up and here it is and the Lord has blessed me this week as I prepare this lesson and I feel at home here and I thank you for that uh, you know my neighbors and my students and my peers we sent our children to school together and we uh, shared the same preacher for many years and I feel at home here thank you when Andrew called me Monday about speaking today, I thought about the Labor Day holiday weekend and how work has changed in the past 50 years. Before science perfected seeds to resist heat and drought, tobacco harvest was completed before Labor Day weekend. And school didn't ever begin before Labor Day because most families were farmers. My husband and I grew tobacco and always worked the six to eight weeks helping harvest the tobacco crop. And then the week before school, I worked at the sewing machine to make dresses for my little girl to be dressed up going to school. And invariably, on Labor Day Sunday, the minister preached a sermon about putting work in perspective, like from the Sermon on the Mount when he says, Look at the lilies of the field. They neither toil nor labor. Translation, 
Don't worry about what you eat or drink or what you wear. After six weeks of hard labor in the tobacco harvest, and a week at the sewing machine, I didn't want to hear that sermon. <laughs> I grew up with a mother who thought that anyone who was not a good worker was of no account. I don't know if it's in my genes or if it's a gift from God, but I've always liked to work. Genesis 2.15 says, Before the fall, the Lord took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. God blessed Adam with work. Someone said that God designed man to be a gardener, but the fall from grace made him a farmer. <laughs> Gardening is tending to and caring for and harvesting and enjoying and then Adam and Eve disobeyed and caused thorns and briars and weeds to grow, making the work very difficult. The fourth commandment says, Six days you shall labor and do your work, but the seventh day, the Sabbath. Have you ever thought about being commanded to work as part of the Ten Commandments? The Jewish people believed in work. Every rabbi was required by Jewish law to take no pay for teaching. The rabbi must have a trade. Paul was a trained rabbi, and he made tents for a living. Paul often quotes a saying called the golden rule of work. If a man refuses to work, neither let him eat. Paul wrote, the New Testament scripture today, the letter to the Thessalonians, and we read from Second Thessalonians, as he sought to get the message across to the new Christians there that there was dignity in work. When Paul founded the church in Thessalonica, he confronted them that, about their need to work. In the first letter, he reminded them in 4.11 Make it your ambition to lead a quiet life and attend to your own business and work, just as we commanded you. But they didn't get it. Paul commanded them again in strong words, In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, keep away from every brother who lives an unruly life, those who will not work. These people lived in a Greek world, where Greeks believed that work was demeaning. They had slaves who did their work. They believed that work was physical, of the flesh, and degrading. Anything that was mental was spiritual and lofty, such as philosophy and art and politics and music and religion. Paul tried to bring them to their senses by using himself as an example. All his life he had worked with his hands. This intelligent, spiritual, wise, educated philosopher, this sharp mind and sense of reality. But what did he do for a living? He made tents. We have tent makers in our church today. My preacher's a tent maker. He works full-time for the Department of Transportation and Art. 
it takes great dedication to work two jobs, and it's a choice. Do you realize how blessed we are here in North Carolina in the United States of America? I went to Africa on a mission trip to Kenya in 2003. And last summer, I went to Haiti. When I returned from Kenya, I told my family there were no poor people in Johnson County. And when I returned from Haiti, I told them that the people in Haiti are poorer than the people in Africa. Both of these places lack adequate work opportunities for the livelihood of the people there. Many of the citizens of the third world countries lack the basic water and food. But that's a sermon for another day. Today, the world of work, the social structure of work, has changed completely in my lifetime. Physical labor has more respect now than it used to, probably because people can make a good living in the blue-collar world, and the people who have a lot of money don't want to do that work. Poverty is somewhat invisible today with the lifestyle and fashion choices available. At low-cost markets, people can buy clothes that make them fit into any setting. People on welfare and the rich who don't want attention can blend in with everyone else. Modern workplaces have casual dress codes, and in some cases, the owner of the business might look like the delivery man. Anything wrong with that? To me, it says the business owner is a person who considers his employees equals as human beings. Isn't that what work is all about? Respect as human beings? Americans today are caught in a cycle of demanding work and demanding leisure time and activities that leave little time to relax. Where do God and the church fit in that busy schedule? I read about a man who was negotiating to buy a house, and he bought it without even seeing it. He was asked why he took such a risk, and his answer was, I know the man who built that house. Does your work glorify God? Does the way you do your work show your values? Show what you believe in right and wrong. God created us to work with joy, but our work is often meaningless and toilsome. If that's the case for you, I advise you to begin to talk with God about changing your attitude or either seeking other employment. Work is a blessing from God rewarding and fulfilling, and at the same time, exhausting and exasperating. 
an area of God's curse. We, as believers, recognize both perspectives. Most of us have experienced both of those extremes. Young people, listen to me. Work hard. This is the time to learn this lesson. Practice helping at home and at school and at work. Think about how you can do a better job. Make the effort to do your best so that it becomes a habit of your life. Don't follow the crowd. Don't take cues from lazy workers. Always work as if the boss was watching. Making work a practice, making hard work, working hard, a practice for your life until it becomes a habit of your life. The secret to success, and it's no secret, is hard work. I would hire a hard-working C student before a lazy straight A student any day. Do your work as if for the Lord. And for those of you in the prime of your life, if you are the boss or an employee, the same advice. Do your work as if for the Lord. In today's workplace, there seems to be a diminishing line between truth and falsehood. What does God think of bringing company materials home, even paper clips and markers? What does God think of fudging on our expenses? What does he think of misrepresenting ourselves or misrepresenting others to make ourselves look better? What does God think of cheating and lying? Even you and I may have a tendency to round out figures when a higher figure would be to our benefit about like the size of our church or round down figures to a lower number like a golf score or make a story more interesting if we embellish it a little bit. According to the, a survey by the Washington Post, 94% of Americans told survey takers they were above average in honesty. 89% said they were above average in common sense. 86% said they were above average in intelligence. 79% said they were above average in looks. We even lie about how honest we are. <laughs> Some of you may work for corrupt employers. Find another job before your life is bought down. Most businesses today want employees who are honest and faithful. 1 Timothy 5.25 says, Good deeds are obvious, and even those that are not cannot be hidden forever. People who are honest and good workers will be recognized in the long run. Now for us who are older and retired from our jobs, 
We don't want to retire from church. We don't want to forget God's requirements of us. We are needed and able to help support God's work in this church and in our community. The experience and wisdom of older adults is valuable in our churches and in our life today. Not to preach how it used to be or to be busybodies, but to show with our words and our actions how God can use all of us for God's good if we allow God to use us. Listen to Psalm 15 again from the Message Bible. God, who gets invited to dinner at your place? How do we get on that guest list? Walk straight, act right, tell the truth. Don't hurt your friend, don't blame your neighbor, Despise the despicable. Keep your word even when it costs you. Make an honest living. Never take a bribe. You'll never get blacklisted if you live like this. Thanks be to God.